You're listening to episode 143 of Scaling Up. Welcome to Scaling Up. I'm your host, Elizabeth Hartke, and if you're listening to this, you're probably a maverick like me. How convenient because I literally made the show just for you. I'm a business scaling strategist that's been in the game for almost a decade now, and I'm weirdly passionate about helping impact-driven entrepreneurs, business owners, brands, and go-getters scale their businesses and their lives. Imagine taking your impact, your income, and your freedom of time to the levels that you can only dream about. Making your mission known to the world and mastering your business strategy so you don't have to keep on trading dollars for hours. I built two two comma businesses doing what I love, what I believe in, and a lot of that has to do with teaching you how to do the same. We drill down on strategy, but we know that it takes more than just business tactics to live the life that you envision. So we go deep on health optimization, mindset, leadership, relationships, and just being that scaled up version of you who is primed and ready to step into your purpose and peak performance. Some days I record this bad Larry from my closet to escape my three littles, and some days I'm down at my barn office on our 12-acre farm. So do me a favor, grab your notebook and a pen and your favorite bevy, and let's get to the show. I had to fill you in on this because I think it might be exactly what you've been hoping for. So we just reopened the doors to our exclusive Maverick Mastermind because we've been getting requests for it for a while now, and we are accepting applications again. But here's the deal. This Mastermind in particular, it is next level. We bring in industry leaders and experts, the ones that you admire from afar, so you can have direct access to them to help you scale your business. We have an entire curriculum we're walking you through that is going to help you change the game of how you grow your business. No more spinning your wheels, feeling like you're wasting time and money. We're going to help you become known as the go-to expert in what you do, help you nail your clarity. You will know exactly what you're called to do and how to do it, increase your visibility, help you build out your next irresistible offers because that's huge. It's going to increase your cash flow, your income levels, your overall impact that you're making. Have access to the people that you want to connect with, in-person retreats with them too. And we're really into teaching you high-level marketing strategy, stuff that's going to stick, list growth strategy so you're talking to the right people, the ones that are primed to buy what you have to offer, and helping you get the right new connections, publicity, land interviews, speaking gigs, direct access to me and my team, my incredible operations director and amazing integrator. And our Mavericks have done more in six months' time in their business than most people do in years of navigating this on your own. It is fast tracking where you wanna go. And masterminds have been the single most powerful tool for growth in my business. It took me from five to six figures in the beginning years ago, and then from six to seven figures. And it is something that I love walking people through because it's so incredibly game-changing. We keep this community really tight. So if you're serious about growing your business and doing it in a way that's in integrity with your values so you can make the impact you want to make, but I believe that there's so much more to success and that's going to be making sure that you're also building in a way that gives you the time freedom so you can be with the people you love while you make the impact you want to make in your business. This is it. So don't wait because we cap this thing. We don't accept unlimited people. So you can apply at elizabethhartke.com forward slash maverick or check in the show notes and you need to apply so that we can schedule a call to see if this is the right fit. Ask whatever questions you want and see if this is the right thing both ways. I want to help you build a business that is in alignment with the vision that you have for your life. No more winging it. We've got the blueprint. Let's do this. 
There is so much that you're going to just eat up about today's episode with the incredible Heather Chauvin. She is a leadership coach, a strategic parenting expert, and she works specifically with ambitious women becoming leaders at work and at home. And she has the incredible podcast, Mom is in Control. But Heather is just, oh my gosh, like brings so much life to the table. And maybe that's because she's experienced what it's like to be on the brink of losing that life. And you're going to hear a little bit more about her story today. But I really wanted to talk with Heather, get her here on the show to not just share her wisdom from what she learned in her experiences through cancer and motherhood and business and just so many of the aspects of life that have made her into the woman she is today. But I also wanted to have her here because you know my passion about leadership. And Heather has done an incredible job reminding all of us, whether it's in our own homes, whether it's in our workplace, whether it's in our communities, we have a leadership role that we have to step into. So today's conversation gets deep. We laugh, we experience and share so many of the experiences of life together. And I think you are going to glean so much insight from today's conversation with Heather. Heather, I am so pumped to have this conversation with you because, well, I just kind of adore you and I am eager for my audience to get to know you better. So welcome to the show. I'm super excited and grateful for this conversation, Elizabeth. Thank you. Yeah, me too. And I, I know that uh, people are always like quick to want to know business tactics, life hacks, like all that kind of stuff. But the conversation that we're going to have today is kind of or not kind of, it is a, it is foundational in being able to find success in those other areas of life. And it's the idea of authenticity and vulnerability and, and like, like you call it inner leadership. So I'm, I'm pumped to chat through those things because I think it's going to be transformative for the people listening in that they can make shifts in becoming and becoming the person that they're called to be, to be able to achieve the things they want to achieve. But first I really want the audience to get to know you better. So tell us don't you hate when people like, tell us more about you. Tell us your story. The the nutshell question, right? Just tell me about your life in a nutshell. Just like real quick, like your, your whole entire life from start to now, like, just tell us about that real quick. Yeah. And who made you, you know, why are you the way you are and how did you get here? Um, I know every time it comes, you know, you could tell the person's like, oh man, telling Mm -hmm. the same story. But I, Every time I tell the story, something else comes out. So I'm a verbal processor. So we'll see what happens. All right, let's do it. So I'm Heather Chauvin. I think this conversation is essential to becoming. And what I say is becoming, becoming that person that you want to be. And mindset is so huge. And yet we don't know what we don't know. So going back to who I was previously, I have... um, Even like I am and I have really triggers me. Like I'm a mother. I'm Mm. way more than a mother, but we're not going to, you asked for the nutshell version. So we're only going to go there. So I have three boys. They're 15, 10, and seven today, day of recording. My parenting journey started young. I was 18 when I had uh, Logan, the 15 year old. And that was my wake up call. That was actually when I started self-development. I was always secretly you know, attracted to um, Hay House and Crystals and none of my friends were and I was the weirdo woo-woo one. I just started realizing, I looked at him the second I became a mother and I was like, okay, 
I don't know what I'm doing. All I know is that this doesn't feel good. And if I want it to feel good, I have to start showing up, but I don't know what that means. And so for the last 15 years, I've just been on this mission to never become a statistic, to, you know, kind of at first, what kept me going was uh, proving the world wrong. Like you said, I can't do something, I'll show you. And yeah, I just love thinking outside of the box. I love challenging people. Um, I have a social work background. So fell in love. Of course, I wanted to educate myself on mental health. And um, my son's biological father used to be an addict. And I say used to because he passed from his addiction. Mm -hmm. And my biggest fear as a mother was that he, you know, was going to acquire that. And so I was just trying to be wildly proactive, but also fell in love with helping people and humanity. And um, I love helping the underdog. I love helping people who are not understood by the world, be understood. And obviously now it's a fabulous time to really bring that back out, but also infusing that into my parenting, which I didn't realize I was doing, which was helping my children feel understood in a world that teaches us that we are right as parents and our children are wrong and they need to be punished. So that journey led me to leave my social work job and to start podcasting and now writing a book and coaching. But, but Elizabeth, there's but. a cliffhanger here. Six years ago, while I was building my business and doing it the way that my mentors taught me how to do it, hustle, grind, sleep less, eat less. If you are doing anything for yourself, that's pretty much just a waste of your time. Yep. Um, if you want to be successful, you just got to do more. You got to put yourself out there. Uh, if it doesn't feel good, don't worry about that. Like you just got to push, push, push. So six years ago, neglecting my body, neglecting my mind, neglecting my soul, but oh man, getting so many pats on the back. Like I got the gold stars. I have the trophies. Um, I'm in recovery as a, as a hustler and I was diagnosed with a stage four cancer. My abdomen was swollen and I thought, oh boy, this was when my youngest was a year. So I thought my postpartum body was still recovering. Didn't know what that meant. He was my third and final. And that was my wake up call. When I say wake up call, that was the sign the universe was like, please finally pay attention to yourself. And um, I'm here today. I did go through traditional treatment, which, you know, at the time I was resistant to, but I think in the bigger picture, you know, the universe, cause I'd say the universe, I'm finally listening, um, was like, please trust me, just surrender, stop trying to control everything and everyone, um, that is not serving you and you need to let it go. And the fear of being judged and, you know, the fear that my children are not being taken care of because their father, like my husband, um, or your, the grandparents or family, friends helping out. It's like, oh, don't feed them macaroni and cheese. They're going to die. Like just filled with so much fear. Mm -hmm. um, completely transformed my business, transformed my life. Um, previous to that, I was focused on um, the parent-child relationship and helping the parent with mindfulness, which is ironic. And then um, I stopped. I was like, I'm done. We need to focus on you first and your life. Um, and yeah, that's where I am today. Holy hell, first of all. So like there's a curveball you don't expect. And then the process of 
let's talk about the process of recovering physically first, because there are so many pieces of that puzzle. When you're going through the traditional cancer treatment, you're a mom of three kids, you have a business, you're a wife, there are so many aspects to your life. Um, what was that like? How long was that process? What was that physical recovery like? And what did you have to do to ensure that you did physically recover? Like what things had to go, what things had to change? How did you shift? Well, I want to laugh because that was a question that I had that nobody could answer for me. Like I remember asking my oncologist post-treatment, which was, I think it was around four or five months. I said, I think because it was a blur to me um, of aggressive, treatment and they treated me um as like a ped so i was around 27 years old they treated me as like a pediat uh, pediatric like a child and i my body did recover quickly so i would go into the hospital for two weeks and my family i'd barely see them um first time i was so sick my abdomen i literally looked like i was pregnant once i was diagnosed it just like ballooned really quickly um so first time I went blind, it was just ridiculous. And I was, I was brought back down to like nothing. So I'd be in the hospital for two weeks, come home for four days. They'd be like, Oh, you're bouncing back. Like your counts are back up. Let's go back in the hospital. So once I kept getting punched in the face and then recover, punch, recover. Um, I remember walking into my doctor's office and saying, it's like, okay, you're good. And I'm like, I'm not good. Like you put me into menopause. Um, I'm bald. Um, she's like, no, but your cancer's gone and you're good now. Like you're done treatment, go home. Uh, if you relapse, Heather, it will be within 10 months. So let's just cross our fingers. And that was probably more terrifying than being diagnosed because I was so angry. And I'm like, how dare you throw people out on the street and say, good luck. Like there was no support. Um, I was so grateful though, that I did uh, come into contact with a um, integrative, what is she, a naturopath who specializes mm -hmm. in oncology. And I met her previous and she was very integrative. So she's like, Heather, go do this and then come and contact me after. Again, my oncologist was like, nope, you know, that's a waste of your money. And I'm like, I will rub cat urine all over myself if there's scientific evidence that it's going to work at this point. So I, I was like, tell me what to do. I had vitamin C infusions. Um, mm -hmm. It was just so different though, because when I walked into her office, um, I remember feeling the sense of hope, right? Hope and possibility exactly. that there is another way and not being told like, this is what it is. This is what the research says. And again, that like fighter inside of me, that was like, I'm going to show you. So I did whatever she told me for that 10 month period. And then after that, it was like, what's next? What's next? What's next? And now this journey, I personally feel like I'm in better health physically, mentally, and emotionally than I've ever been in my entire life, even as a child. Um, and the journey you know, my mindset is how good can it get? Not what is wrong with me, or I want to prevent cancer from coming back. I barely, I talk about it because it's part of my story. I would prefer not to, to be honest with you, but I, 
you know, if I get a cold or this whole COVID thing, I'm not afraid of getting sick anymore because I trust my body. It's because every single day I'm like, how good can it get? What can I do to like get to the next level from like a very healthy, abundant mindset? Not, I need to do this because, you know, poor me, poor me. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I could go off on a serious rant from what you just teed up because the Western culture promotes playing defense once you're already being attacked versus how do we play offense? How do we step out of, I'm a victim to my own body and I have no control over anything. Even if I do have to face uh, illness and my reality leads me down traditional or, you know, Western medicine, like traditional treatment, how can I still support myself with my mind, my body, how I fuel it with what I think, with what I consume, both physically consume and what I mentally consume. We have such a, a gift in our ability to, um, that exact mindset of like, what else can I do? Like what, what, how much more goodness can I bring into the situation to support when I'm going through a tough time and versus the sit back, wait, and hope that the shoe doesn't drop, mm-hmm. you know, like that's so toxic. So I won't even go there because I could like all day long go down that path. But, but I right. think at the end of that, it's, you have a choice. You totally. have a choice to take And you also have to have this inner conviction because I remember, you know, when I was first diagnosed, I had a friend that was like, get a second opinion. And my, my family was like, why would you go against what your doctor says? I'm like, Mm -hmm. I'm not going against them. Just asking other people. And guess what? I was misdiagnosed. So it's like, just trust your, or learn to trust yourself if you do not trust yourself. Yep. And advocate for yourself too. So as you're going through this, you kind of mentioned how, you know, you had your business pre-cancer diagnosis and experience and then post, what was the transition from like doing that mindset work with people and whatever, like the hustle, the grind, the life that you were living. And then like, what did it become and, and what is, what did it continue to become? What is it now? So the interesting part for me, and I always laugh and tell people this, there's something, I heard this concept um, by, I think it was Mastin Kip, and I'm sure other people have said it, spiritual entertainment. And I see it all the time in the personal development industry. You listen to a podcast, you read a book, you put it down, you're like, oh good, got my little hit. Now I'm good for the day, check the box and move on. Mm -hmm. But you haven't done the work and you haven't embodied it. Previous to getting sick, I was listening to Danielle Laporte's Desire Map. Mm-hmm. And I was into personal development. I was, you know, I was invested more in like coaching from, I don't even want to say a strategy because I did have a coach who was very pivotal in pleasure, but from like, what, what brings you joy? And I had no idea what that meant. No idea. I'm like, what do you mean? And just watching these people, I was like, oh my gosh, I do not understand this. And these were all little seeds. So as I started to ask myself, how do I want to feel? You know, these were little seeds, but I just discounted it because I was living in a culture of like, we don't feel, we don't. And feeling good is selfish and you're an awful human being if you do that. So previous or post-cancer, I literally remember it was like, okay, you've been training for this day. Now it's go time. How do I want to feel? How do I want to feel? I'm like, well, I don't want to be dead. 
So I want to be alive. Good start. Yeah. I don't want to be dead. So what's the opposite of not feeling dead? When you feel dead, you want to feel alive. Oh crap. That's scary. I have no idea how to feel alive. No idea if I've ever felt that way, but little subtle action steps. Example, people walking into my hospital room or texting me or calling me, and you can feel that energy of treating me like I'm dying. And I'm like, delete, 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 delete. You have to leave. Like you are not welcome here. And I would blurt that out. Please go. You cannot be here because I have to counsel you when you are in my space as I'm sitting here getting chemo injected into my body. No, thank you. That's called an energy vampire. You can let the door hit you on the way out. But I did it with such conviction. And then I just drastically detoxed my life. Physically, I did what my natural path told me. So mentally, I come from, like, I, even to this day, I mean, I've worked with lots of people. I've taken lots of supplements. I do not like taking them. I'm like, tell me the purpose. How long am I going to take them? But if you're going to give me a thousand dollars worth of supplements and I have to live the rest of my life on these, like that's codependency. So I come from this, like, I'm going to do the best that I can, but I am not going to become obsessed with anything. Um, and I truly believe I like, I think energy trumps everything. So I just changed. I'm like, this isn't working. How can I, this isn't working. How can I? Um, but I also understand sometimes grittiness needs to happen. You're like, Ooh, this doesn't feel good. Right. I'm writing a book right now. I'm editing the book. I do not like this process, but I know it's temporary, but yet I can, I can create energy around it. That feels good. I do not need to suffer anymore. It doesn't need to feel shitty. Yeah. And you don't need to live in that forever grind as, and wear it as a badge of honor. And that's something that I did for a long time was like, my worth is tied up in my productivity. My worth is tied up in, in how long my day was. And I can be like, I just worked a 14 hour day, mm-hmm. 15 hour day. And then I went and played mom. And then I did, you know, so from the standpoint of what you do now, um, you have the podcast, mom is in control mm-hmm. and you're writing the book and you work with people and coach people. And you have um, kind of a process to how you do that. Talk about leadership, like the importance of, I mean, I'm sure you developed a lot of that throughout so many of the different journeys, both coming into motherhood and then going through cancer and building a business. Like they're just so, being a wife, like there's so many different aspects of life that you develop leadership um, or you don't and you suffer the consequence of not mm-hmm. developing it. But speak to kind of your, like, you know, we're talking to a bunch of entrepreneurs that likely are living in that grind, likely are wearing that badge of honor, um, likely are feeling like, when will I finally get there? When will I finally feel fulfilled? To me, leadership plays a big role into, in whether that day will ever come. Mm-hmm. So talk about that. I had a conversation actually it was with Carrie Green on her podcast, the Female Entrepreneur Association. Um, is that what it is? And she, we were talking about making a million dollars. And I said to her, I guarantee you when you, before you made your first million, you thought once you get there, 
you're going to, your life is going to be complete. And she's like, Oh yeah. And then she got there and then it's like new level, new devil. Right. Totally. So you, we're constantly scaling. We're constantly growing. We're constantly learning. If we're seeking fulfillment from our roles, motherhood, our roles as business owner, our roles to our bank account, we're going to be wildly disappointed. And it's the feeling that we're after. It's the insides that we're after. But here's the kicker. I will attract ambitious people who say, but I do want more. And I'm like, yes, that's your birthright. That desire to travel the world, to you know, think outside the box, to make a lot of money, to make a big impact is in you for a reason. And if it's not in you, that is okay too. We all have different positions. Like my husband now is a quote unquote stay at home dad, but he works within my, my business, our business. And he used to have a regular nine to five for so long. I tried to control him and think he needed to be as ambitious as me. I'm still ambitious, but yet he loves being in a supporting role. He does not need to be the face of a brand and he loves it. He thrives in it. So everyone has their own position, but I believe when we are not listening to our desires of what we really want and owning that, this is where we are going to fall short. So as you become more, do more, level up, scale up, you're constantly growing. For me, inner leadership is honoring how you want to feel every step of the journey. So not saying things like, I will be happy when you know, I will have more time when my children are off to college. I'm laughing because I hear this all the time. Um, I will be happy when, or, you know, things, when all of this blows over, then business will start back up. AKA, if you don't have the creativeness right now, you're going to have to get creative after then, right? Like we are constantly growing and learning. Um, but here's my, I'm like, where I feel like I'm going on a tangent now, but you have inner leadership is saying right now in this moment, as I'm having this conversation with you, how do I want to feel? How do I want to feel after this conversation? Always realigning with yourself first and then taking the action. Mm -hmm. And so I reverse engineer, I help people reverse engineer how they want to feel. So when their pain points, when they come to me, typically it's a disconnect in their parenting, they're yelling, they do not understand their child, their child's behavior is, you know, they're just like, what is going on? I know something's up. We've done all the traditional things. It's not working. Also within themselves, their health starts to deteriorate. It might be their mental health. There's just, their anxiety is through the roof. You know, they're like the money's in the bank account, but it's just not working. What is going on? What is out of alignment? Pain and discomfort is there for a reason. It's trying to get your attention. Inner leadership is listening and course correcting. That's all it is. Yep. Yeah. And you have to lead yourself before you can lead others. I think so often, like, especially in the, the spaces we're in, when we start to bring in teams or outsource things, or we, or we as mothers, like leading our children, or being leaders in our community, or just in our, um, you know, the environments that we're in, or as we bring on clients and we're leading them, we can't, you know, it's kind of like you before you made that shift. Like when you were doing the mindset work, but you hadn't done it in yourself and implemented it. And it was like that, you know, the spiritual entertainment you talked about, 
where it's really just surface deep instead of going like so deep in leading ourselves first and developing that and then being able to truly walk other people through that process so that we can make, because ultimately, yeah, income's a goal, but like what good is the income if we don't have the impact, if we don't see the ripple effect that we're making that's going to outlive us both in, you know, how we raise our babies and how they go on to raise their babies and the, the impact that we make from us down. And then in the world with the work that we do, even if it's one person, so often people fall short of nurturing that inner leader. They fall short of giving um, their energy to that because they're like, if I can, like you said, like if I can just get my business to this point, if I can just earn this much money, if I can just do these things, finally things will be in line. If I can just have this many followers commenting on my stuff and engaging, I will finally have broken through to the place that I need to be and want to be, but there's no fulfillment in that. There's no impact in that. And maybe there's some income in it, but it's, it's shallow and hollow and it doesn't, it doesn't fill our cup mm -hmm. and it doesn't take us to where we want to be. Um, for the people listening that maybe are stuck in that grind phase and they, they are saying the phrases like, if only I get to this place or finally when this happens, how, like what's something they can do first to make a pivot out of that trap that they are literally stuck in. And don't, a lot of them don't even have the self-awareness yet to know that if like the thing I see, maybe you see this too, there's this misconception. If I just keep grinding, eventually I will, it will take me out of that. I'll finally get to this level. But the it's like, it's the hamster wheel. You are not getting out of it. If that is the nature of the beast that you've created, you actually have to do things totally differently. So what do you say to those people? Like what's something that they can do to wake the hell up and pivot to the life that they actually say they want to be living because they're not going to get there the way they're approaching it right now. Well, I would say even just pay attention to what this pandemic has done to you. It's either shook you up and said, Ooh, this is not sustainable or you really enjoyed the downtime, right? Mm -hmm. Like see how it's affected you was, did it give you permission to slow down and you really enjoyed that? Or were you like, crap, I lost my income this was, you know, we didn't have anything in savings. Like just watch where your life is showing you and then realize that that famous quote, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. And I will tell you from who I am today, like I read human behavior as a profession. Like that is what I do. I do not believe people's words. I believe their actions and I will not buy a product or service from anyone that I do not believe is practicing what they preach. And I know before this conversation, we talked about vulnerability. I'm not talking about perfection. I'm talking about people who are authentically honest about their journey. So if I see, you know, your values just have to be aligned, but if you're not doing the work to chronically challenge yourself to become one degree better, and I don't mean working harder, I mean working from the inside out, like I'm not attracted to that. And so like attracts like. And so when your energy is out there in the world, you're like, why am I attracting all these people who are drama filled and ripping me off and da da da, -da and won't pay for my services? 
that's because you're not owning it. And there's a part of you that's not authentically in alignment with where you want to be. Um, I feel like I'm not answering your question, but no, I you are, you are, no, you are, because it's, it's that awareness that those narratives exist. And it's a, it's the difference between being, um, I don't know, having the entrepreneur's spirit versus having the victim's mindset. And yeah. you, you can't, know, you won't last long in a victim mindset as an entrepreneur. I'm in a bunch of, um, and this is so not a judgment. It's a, it's an empathizing moment because I experienced this so heavily myself and I remember it so vividly myself, but I'm in a lot of, you know, groups on Facebook with entrepreneurs and throughout this whole COVID situation, it's like when we're in crisis, the leader either emerges or the, you know, false leader that wasn't actually a true leader. They were, they were putting up the illusion of that they fall. Right. Mm -hmm. And I was seeing it left and right in these groups, like the, the people that were shining their light and like something about this was helping them to thrive because they saw not the opportunity in who they could take advantage of because of what's going on, but the opportunity in themselves of like, man, I've got so much more to give, like rising to the challenge. Mm -hmm. And then I saw the people come out of the woodwork. I had to remove myself. I couldn't handle the victim mindset. It was like, I just lost everything. Four of my clients just canceled because they can't afford it anymore because of COVID. COVID's ruined my, ruining my life. And I'm sitting there like biting my tongue thinking, I, I got to take myself out of this environment because I, my, I'm incapable of not speaking up when I see that because I was that. And it, it kept me stuck in a life that was not my own. And it's like, you want to shake these people and say, no, 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 nothing's happening to you. Like you, yes, you have a, a set of cards that you're dealt. Some of them are shittier than others. How are you going to play them though? They're, your reality is your reality. You had cancer. That was your reality. You can sit there and let life, you know, keep hitting you. Like your doctor said, like cross your fingers for the next 10 months, or you can do something with the 10 months that you're given and hope that you're given another 10 months after that. And so it's like that victim mindset is destroying entrepreneurs, destroying yeah. them. And I do not understand how people are in business without personal development. Like this, like blows my mind when I see traditional you know, when you're in the online space, it's almost like a given, but not necessarily a given when you're in the wellness space, that's sure. a given, but traditional businesses. I'm like, how did you get here without working on your mindset? Like it, you, it must feel so hard to be in your mind and in your body. Um, this is such a investment, but I remember going from employee to business owner and it, all the pressure just mirrored in my face. And I realized it wasn't actual pressure. It was all the areas of my life where I wasn't taking ownership. And there's very little that happens to me now, including COVID, including, um, you know, Black Lives Matter rising to the top again. And when I say again is because if you are paying attention, it's always there, right? This Just, ain't new news. This isn't new news. And watching how people are responding and when you, this whole essence, like 
my podcast, Mom is in Control. I actually hated that name forever, but I was doing target market research and all these women, like, I want to feel in control. I want to feel in control. Okay. When you are being proactive, not reactive, and we're taught to be reactive in our life, and we're also taught to live in survival mode. When you are being proactive and you live in an abundance state and an abundance model in all areas of your life, it's not that everything is in control and you can control everything. It's that when something does feel out of control, like a pandemic or, you know, you're being um, questioned about your value or what you stand for, you know, you have those tools in your toolbox and you know how to like implement them. You're like, oop, I'm triggered. What does this mean? Oh, pandemic. Okay, great. Good thing I was saving. <laughs> Good thing I was investing. Good thing... I can sleep at night as the breadwinner and know that food will be put on our table. Did that happen overnight? No, that was consistent, intentional action, chronic investing, and it wasn't there. I could not find a pill for it. I apologize mm -hmm. in advance. Could not find a pill for it. Um, Next it million dollar idea. Oh my gosh. But why would you even put, when you know it doesn't exist, I mean, I don't know anyone in their right mind. It's hilarious when I see another diet fad come out and I'm like, please stop, please stop. And then I, you know, I'm looking at my children and my son being like, I'm fat. And I'm like, you're going through puberty. And I'm like, where are these message messages coming from? And I personally just feel I'm not going to be able to, you know, take away from my children's human experience. But what I can do is just become a light so that whatever, you know, I am transmitting to them, they are like, man, I remember when my mom, you know, would, how she felt in her body, how she felt in her mind, how she felt with money, how she felt in her business. And I'm going to try to do better, or I'm going to use that as like inspiration. Why do you do what you do? Like, what is it that keeps you so convicted in your work and so... I don't know, like connected to people and committed to your mission? That's a great question. <laughs> Some days I was like, why, why? <laughs> when I, in my early days, I did it from a place of fear yep. because I was, I wanted to run away from ever becoming my mother. I also wanted to run away from, you know, and then when I got sick, I wanted to run away from ever getting sick again. So fear motivated me to take action. And then something happened and there was this teeter totter effect where I realized that by not continuing to do this work, I was impacting people who were following me. So at first I'm like, Oh, I don't really make a difference. Um, just, you know, I told myself that story and I'm sure people listening, why can't I be normal and just go get a job? I don't say that very often anymore. I said that for years and years and years. Now I feel bad for people who have regular jobs. <laughs> I'm like, right. oh, please come over. It's so much better over here. If that's your thing, doesn't have to be your thing. Um, if you're happy there, stay there. So there was this moment where I realized putting myself out there was actually making an impact in people's lives. And this is where I really had to flip guilt. A lot of women will feel guilty for feeling good. They'll feel guilty for being successful. Um, I've had, you know, my white guilt. I've had um, guilt of my success. And then I'm like, okay, 
how is this guilt serving you? How is this serving people of color? How is this serving black people? It's not. Stop being with your little, you know, your white privilege over here and do something about it. So I'm like, guilt, please go in the back seat. Great, Heather. What are you going to do with your money? What are you going to do with your time? What are you going to do with your platform? And who do you want to help? And how are you going to help them? And how are you going to listen to them? And that can be people in my community. And that can also be my children. Who do you want to be? Let me hear you. What are we going to do with our money as a family? What are we going to do with the impact? Instead of projecting, you know, there's people in Africa who don't have food. So you better not throw that XYZ in the garbage. Great. Guilt tripping people is not going to work. So now my conviction is to continue with this, how good can it get? And the person next to me that's either judging me for the goodness um, I can go back to them and say, are you secretly judging me because you want a piece of this too? And if you do, my arms and my heart are wide open. Please let me show you the way. And all you have to do is just listen to my freaking podcast and implement what I'm telling you to do or, you know, take the freebie on my website or invest in yourself wherever you feel guided, whether that is anything. Like we have so many opportunities around us. And some of my favorite stories, like I love listening to podcasts or reading books. I'm like, how did you get to where you are? And they're mm -hmm. like, I was just determined. And I was listening to everybody. And I actually took action on what they told me to take action on. I'm like oh, mind blown. What a mind blown. Yeah. Mind blown. I know it's, well, that's the thing we get like, story is so powerful and we hear them all the time. We get so wrapped up in the stories and either we're not hearing the how-to, which is frustrating. Like when you see someone like get to this amazing spot that you want to be in, but they never really talked about the, the, the struggle. That is very annoying. Very That's annoying. Very annoying. Like where the, they act like they were a born. God or guru. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they like birthed out into like perfection and leadership and perfect abs and $5 million in the bank and a following of like hundreds of thousands of people. It's like, I, I was know. at this, okay. I was, at, I have to say this, I was at this conference one time and I'm not going to say who it was, but they were standing up there doing their keynote, very engaging. And the story literally within 90 seconds went from, I was so depressed and I was just at my computer and I've always wanted to write a book. And then I looked at my girlfriend at the time and she was just under all of my papers. You might even know who I'm talking about if you hear the story under all of these papers. And I really realized that all oh, my shit, you know, was on top of her. And then I just kept moving my hands on the keyboard even quicker. And then boom, New York Times bestseller. And I'm like, really? I know who you're talking about. Yes. Of course. Of course. <laughs> I'm like, there was a lot that happened from point yeah, A to point B. Including like 10 years, like yeah. 10 lost years that we didn't hear. And yeah. it's just like, but the thing too, from the other side of it is yeah, seeing that someone else has done it, even if they didn't share the how, is still all the evidence you need that it's possible and available to you. And if you don't get the playbook from the people you admire, it is not their responsibility to – it would be nice, but it's not their responsibility to get you where you want to go. So, like, bullshit. You have a keyboard yourself that you can. I mean, Google is Google. a beautiful thing. And Google is so a beautiful is YouTube. thing. Do you know how many times I said to people, they're like, how do you da 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 da? 
And I said, that's a great thing to type into YouTube. You will find a tutorial. Right. When you don't come back to me. And I swear most of what I teach my clients is to how to do the work. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because that's like, just drives me nuts. I mean, nothing, I'm not trying to act like the first time I saw someone do something I wanted to do, I was like, oh, that's mine for the taking. But as I started to put in the work and become resourceful and f- allow myself to fail and learn from those failings and have the courage to ask questions, I could see that that's when it became available to me, that I can see that it's possible. And then I can see that I'm, I'm able to put in the effort and that I don't die every time that I fail or make a mistake, that I can keep going forward towards what I want. All right. So I don't know, just leave us with some Heather wisdom to our entrepreneurial listeners who just have this vision and dream and want to accomplish all the things, but need to accomplish them in a way that's in alignment with their soul and like allows them to feel fulfilled in the process and not have them get so caught up in the metrics that we tend to compare to other people because we see them all the time thrown in our face online. What, what do you want to leave them with? Get out a pen and a piece of paper and on the top, right? I want and give yourself full permission to write what you want on that list. Circle one thing on that list, whether it needs to happen in the next, I actually recommend circling two. So if one's like, I want to take a bath and that's something you can do in the next 24 hours, circle that. And then something that's, you know, a little scary and a little bit bigger for you, circle that. And then ask yourself, what do I need to do to move closer to that? And when you say, I don't know, pretend you do. And it might be for the bath, you need to ask your partner for some space so that you can have a bath or you have a bath and you put your children in front of the TV, like whatever you need to do to make that happen. Um, the bigger one, just know you're not alone. Enter into community and in spaces where you can step into that. You cannot do this alone. As human beings, as women, we were not and men, but we were built and created to survive in community. And we've started segregating ourselves and it's not helping the world. It's not changing anything. We need to come back and put ourselves in spaces where we feel like we're not alone. Um, You will grow so much more quickly. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And be supported along the way. Heather, you're a national treasure, my friend. Thank you for national national. treasure. Maybe I have not heard that. A global treasure. Thank you so much for coming on. And oh, before we go, tell us about the book and when we can keep an eye out for it. Yes. So the park. Yes. The book is coming out in February of 2021. Um, I talk a lot on my podcast. So it's called Mom is in Control. You can check me out on the podcast. I'll put up deets on my well Instagram or my website, which is heatherchauvin.com or a link to it. Yeah. Find me on Instagram at Heather Chauvin. Um, 
yeah, the book is all about, I, I'm not going to say the name here just in case I'm not allowed, okay. but it's on my, on my Instagram. The book is all about my journey. It's like a teachable memoir. I really wanted women to pick up this book and not feel like they have homework to do or not feel like they're failing at motherhood, but really just gain insight from my story with a few tangible action steps, but something that they can read and not feel alone in the world. And, and a sense of hope, like oh, there is another way because I'm, I'm really here to revolutionize um, the climate in motherhood and ambition and how we can coexist with our children and thrive through this process. Mm, that sounds absolutely lovely to me. Thank you so much for your time. You're just awesome. And this, I feel like this is really going to speak into the souls of a lot of our listeners. They needed uh, that pep talk around just allowing them to become and yeah. to be more than just one role or hat that we put on yes. as mothers, business owners or anything else. So Thank you for, for coming on. And I will link to all the places you can find Heather in the show notes. So be sure to check that out and check her out. And we'll keep an eye out for the book and certainly be getting it ourselves. I can't wait to read it and support you along the way. Thank you. Thanks so much for hanging out with me today. Before you go, make sure you take a minute to subscribe to the show so you don't miss out on all of those amazing fromies, freebies for my homies, obviously, and content that we're creating just for you. And if you like today's episode, can you help us out and help us get this in the hands of more people by taking a screenshot of today's episode and sharing it with your friends, tagging me, passing it around on social media. Guys, we've got to get this mission and this movement out there to more people so that they are living their purpose and living out their dreams and getting paid for it well too. I'm also so thankful for all of the amazing feedback we've been getting in the reviews. So if this podcast is helping you grow, take a second and go review us on iTunes and be sure to check out today's show notes for more details and takeaways from the show. Until next week, guys, keep scaling up.